What's happening, financial coaches? It's Pete here. Today, I'm going to go off on a little rant, and hopefully, um, I don't get too worked up on this, but basically, I saw a thread about a question on a life insurance policy, and my issue with this is that it's funny because most of the financial coaches that I work with, and maybe it's the training, maybe it's the not just the training that I would do with my coaches, but maybe the training that we would do uh, with any program, is that you are basically told to kind of stay away from things that require a license. And those two things are one, investment and securities, and two, insurance products, right? Because both of those fields are heavily licensed, heavily regulated. You can absolutely get in trouble. Um, and uh, Sandra Davis says that financial coaching is something where if you don't know the answer, you can absolutely do harm. This is not like life coaching where it's just kind of more about meandering through the fog of someone's mind and trying to help them focus and there are no right answers as long as you're making progress. This is absolutely a field where we are trying to meld what people want, right? Their values, their desires, but also with what is out there from a practical, legal, and um, uh, and correct standpoint, right? You know, the, the, the world of financial services is, and financial products is what it is and it can change. And it is built from a variety of products and it is built off of laws and all this structure and it can change. And that's why we have to stay up to date each year. And uh, it's also one of those things that when we cause harm, it's actually very easy to know exactly how much harm you've caused, right? We can look at what I would have done in scenario A, what we did actually in our scenario, and what is the difference. And so if you go and you are going to uh, litigate in a civil court case, um, really the threshold is, did you do me wrong? And how wrong did you do me, right? And um, it's all inspired by a thread where I saw someone post a screenshot from a life insurance policy illustration that their client had given them. And I thought some of their initial comments were very good. Hey, make sure you stay away from uh, giving advice on specific insurance products because this may come back to haunt you, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And the problem was the question was very basic. So the one page of this life insurance illustration screenshot, it wasn't a statement, it wasn't a policy. The illustration screenshot was very, very basic and they were asking for definitions on what the columns were. So if you've ever seen a life insurance illustration, and I will tell you that I have in the past been licensed on life insurance for over a decade and um, life and health insurance, I should say. But there are certain things that you see on most illustrations. They are broken up into categories of uh, guaranteed, non-guaranteed. And then those uh, those larger categories are often usually broken up into depending on what the insurance product is into things like accumulated cash value and surrender, uh, surrender amounts and... Uh, death benefit and, and those types of things. So you can see, you know, sometimes more or less, sometimes they'll have rates return or whatever it might be. And those things are obviously important to kind of just take stock of where the insurance policy is, what you might expect it to do. And this person, I don't know who it was, but was asking for definitions of those columns so that they could go back and explain that to their client. And someone actually said, you know, if you're not licensed, that you should be carefulness. And uh, one of the responses that he put or yeah, that he put was that he has a securities license, which totally doesn't matter on this uh, because there are many things that are different. There are very few things that are similar. Um, I can think of maybe some variable products that have some underlying sub accounts, you know, that might be similar, but insurance products are their own animal. 
And this is one of those things where I think in most cases, when we start sniffing that someone wants to talk about investments or someone wants to talk about insurance policies or someone wants to talk about something specific, like if I change the uh, rate on my mortgage, if I go through a, a loan modification program, what will this do? Well, we know, I think most coaches, because of, like I said, their training, um, usually stay away from those thresholds more than we even need to. And that's fine because to be honest, uh, staying away from the edge of a cliff, <laughs> 10 feet is better than five feet, right? Uh, they both might be safe, but a lot of people will shy off or get warned off on things uh, pretty early on. But in my opinion, this person doesn't have a license and now they were looking at an individual policy and that's maybe not a surprise. You know, if you are in a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone, they may just pull out a statement. They may pull out something. I've had it happen to me. So I've had it happen where people have emailed me things unsolicited. Hey, can you take a look at this? And and if I was in a situation where I was licensed, I could. And if uh, at some point when I didn't have my license, I would say, listen, I, you know, I can't, but we can talk about it. You know, if you can tell me what's important to you, maybe we can talk through what the next step should be. In many cases, it was a referral. And if you watch my video about having those referral partners, you should have someone so that this is a pretty seamless transition to get them off to someone else, right? So my issue here is that um, some other people were jumping in and trying to explain what some of those columns were. And my issue is that if I were looking at this illustration, everything on this illustration is um, covered in day one of life insurance training. Right. So this is the very, very basics. And so if you're asking about these, how can you how can you even remotely think that you're going to give a educated or appropriate or suitable recommendation to the client? You can't. You can't. It would be like if someone said, hey, listen, you know, my car, uh, I think the suspension is loose. I'm assuming maybe it's a lower ball joint that's worn out and I want to take off the tire off my car to um, just check that out, you know? And so I was wondering if you could help me with that and, and kind of tell me what you think about the suspension. We just need to get the lug nuts off the, the wheel first. And you say, what are lug nuts, right? This is the level that I see this thread at because uh, you don't know the basics, which means to me that all of the considerations that certainly I would put into it, certainly I think any life insurance agent would put into it, would do um, are not going to happen, right? Because you don't even know the basics. So you don't understand what the accumulated cash value means, right? So you didn't even understand what that column meant. How can you understand what the context of that is, right? Um, so a lot of policies or these contracts might have riders. Some of them will have all like these step ups, like these guaranteed minimums and, and things like this. Uh, some may not, right? Some may just be exactly what they say. Some may have internal rates of return or dividend schedules that you know, are fixed or variable or whatever it might be. I mean, there's a million things that could go on. And then on top of that, not only knowing what the policy has or what it will likely do, you know, um, is basically the foundation for making a good decision for that client. So a 1035 exchange, a settlement option, uh, just a surrender, maybe doing an odd evidence change agreement on it, whatever it might be, right? There are a, a million things that happen there and a licensed insurance agent will make sure that they document it, right? The things that we would discuss are going to be based on what is important to you. You know, maybe the face value, the death benefit for a beneficiary is not the top priority for this contract anymore. Maybe it's cash accumulation. So we'll look at those types of options. But if you don't know what options you have for each of those different priorities, which I'm sure you don't because you don't understand the basics of the illustration, 
then you shouldn't be looking at it, right? And this is a moment where I might even take a look at it, and that's not going to harm you, and say, listen, you know, this is above my pay grade, just admit it. Uh, listen, this is something that should require a licensed professional. I even saw kind of back and forth where someone was defending the idea of handing this off to uh, an insurance agent, and he said, well, the original insurance agent is no longer, you know, in the business, so there's no one to go to. And um, in that case, one, you either call the 800 number or the issuing company, um, issuing a life insurance uh, company, or you contact another licensed life insurance agent and hands it off to them. They can become appointed with that company. They can actually take a look at it, at least from an experienced professional's uh, perspective, right, and give them some advice. So I'm going on a long rant here to basically say that it's funny because nine out of 10 people, nine out of 10 financial coaches, not having a license, you know, just being the financial coach for a client, um, usually stay away from those things. And oftentimes I have a little bit of trouble of encouraging people to say, hey, listen, you can play the educator on some of these things. You can explain what life insurance is and what it does. You can explain what the stock market is, how it works, right? You're owning a fraction of a publicly traded company, right? You can explain what market returns are. You can explain the differences between large cap and small cap and emerging markets and frontier markets. But what you can't do is you can't start getting giving individual funds or ETFs or stocks, right? You can't give individual securities. You can't start getting tickers. You can't help people narrow in and help them decide what's suitable or appropriate for them, right? The licensed professional will do that. The licensed professional will absolutely make sure that anything they purchase is suitable, um, or if they're working in the capacity of a fiduciary, they will make sure that it is the the best um, advice for that person, right? They are licensed to do that. And in many cases, you know, especially on securities, there's really two levels of licensing. And I'm oversimplifying here a little bit, but there's a license to transact, a license that says, hey, you know what products are, you know how to transact them. You know, that's the license to do business, to conduct business. And then there's a, usually several layers of licensing that allow you to give advice, to suggest, to uh, guide people and advise them, right? And so it's actually very hard just to get maybe your first level of license, which is usually the Series 6 or the Series 7. Um, and then on top of that, you know, to get a uh, another series of licenses is even a little tougher. So, you know, to think that we could do it without those licenses, without that training, without months of training in many cases for your securities license and insurance licenses, um, I think is kind of ridiculous. And so if you are feeling uncomfortable about it, use that instinct to say, hey, this is a time when I should hand this off. The client doesn't know. It's not up to the client. I've said this before, to know what your curbs are, right? The curbs for every financial coach are probably going to be different. And so it's not up to the client to say, hey, we've talked a little bit about how mortgages work and what real estate in my area is like, you know, it certainly makes sense to ask, the, ask them about this life insurance policy I have or this settlement option or this annuity or whatever it might be. And so they might slide that in front of you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you have to head off every encounter with a product that requires a license before it happens, right? You can let it happen. You don't have to go into every meeting giving a disclosure beforehand. But when it does happen, I think you have to have the self-confidence in yourself to say, hey, listen, 
if I admit when I don't know something or I'm not qualified to talk on something, that the client is not going to freak out on me and fire me and this whole thing is going to unravel, I think in many cases, your worst fear about what happens is not even remotely close to what will happen. And in most cases, if you aren't qualified to talk about something, you admit it, they'll appreciate that, they'll thank you for it. And then if you have a referral on top of that, it will seem seamless. It will seem like a smooth transition. It will seem like um, them gliding along the same path uh, it just will be a different person that will get into the details of that policy. And so uh, certainly what I think you can do here is one, harm to yourself by maybe talking about something that you don't know, and then them going to a professional and saying, hey, that wasn't right, or no, they totally suggested something differently, or no, I um, I just changed this and now it's exactly what I wanted. Um, and that's going to hurt you. That's going to reflect poorly on you for maybe talking about something that you shouldn't have. The second thing is, and even more important than your reputation and feelings is the harm it could do for the client, right? The harm that if you tell someone to surrender out a contract and take the cash surrender value of $10,000, right? And they perish and the life insurance policy would pay out $60,000, right? Um, I think that the beneficiaries certainly have a case to say, hey, why did you give them this advice? You basically cost us $50,000 in tax-free money. Or if there was another option, like a paid up uh, contract or um, a settlement option or an exchange or whatever it might be, right, that would have made them even better off, you know, uh, maybe uh, somehow reducing the cost of insurance so that the, the dividends uh, make the cash value rise faster, right? All these things, I think, are reasonable to go after the person who, in an unlicensed capacity, gave them advice on what to do. And in fact, if these things happen, uh, many clients with lawyers go after the person who was licensed. And it's up to that person to say, hey, this is why I did it and have that justification, have those notes and say, hey, listen, we talked about this. Here, this was the top priority. It wasn't now beneficiaries, it was cash accumulation or vice versa or whatever it might be. And so that's why then of those options, I selected these options as their best ones. And that's why they took this one, right? And so that happens a lot. You know, um, you may be familiar with the term arbitration, mediation. You know, those things happen a lot in the financial services industry. And that's why there are licenses required and disclosures required. And uh, uh, people go to people with lots of experience. So stay away from that. I know I went on a very long rant here. And I did it because uh, for the one out of 10 people who are comfortable, maybe I shouldn't say comfortable, but um, I think it comes more from fear. I think that there are probably one out of 10 people that are afraid of losing their client, that are afraid of saying that I don't know something about this field of personal finance. And they think their relationship or their contract or their client will fire them or whatever it might be, um, that the, the arrangement between them and the client will fall apart is unfounded. And don't let that fear allow you to get into a position where someone could say, you did me wrong. How wrong did you do me? And how much money do you owe me as a result of that? Because unlike a licensed insurance agent who probably maybe is a captive agent that works for a very large company, and these are usually Fortune 500 companies, you know, deep pockets and big legal and compliance teams and, um, and uh, a lot of support, you know, you probably don't have that as a financial coach. So don't get yourself in that situation. Just admit it. Your client will appreciate your honesty. Um, your client will appreciate it if you have good referrals for them. So uh, work on those instead. That is my rant for the day. Hope you are well. See you later.